the sky. Look, he says. The moon is a waxing crescent, a children's book moon. It looks to my father like Bob Hope in profile. On a summer night in 1969, in the moon glow of the motor court of the Shady Lawn Motel, five and a half of us spill out of a Chevy Impala station wagon. Dad cradles me in a forearm, the way he used to hold a football. Jim and Tom, my big brothers, race ahead of us to the check-in desk. Mom, five months pregnant, presses a palm to her lumbar. She doesn't know it yet, but she will get the daughter she has instructed us to pray for every night. My little sister, Amy. Jim, Tom, and Amy. Our parents named us as if we were telegrams, as if they were being charged by the letter. And so the shady lawn is cheap, the kind of motel mom and dad are partial to, with an air conditioner rattling in the window. In its man-made breeze, the single-ply toilet paper dances like a little lace curtain. A thrumming soda machine stands guard outside the lobby, lit from within and stocked with exotic pops, the kind of soft drinks we can only have and can only find on vacation. Tahitian treat, cactus cooler, bubble up. Dad squeezes the coins in his pocket to stop them from jangling. He doesn't want Jim or Tom asking for change for a Shasta Cola or an orange crush. Vending machines, my father knows, are untrustworthy, prone to rob a man of his hard-earned nickels while leaving the desired treat agonizingly out of reach. He has already been betrayed by countless inanimate objects, and many animate ones. The super lemon that is our wood-paneled Ford LTD Country Squire station wagon is still a few years and a few dozen repairs in our future. So are a succession of unsatisfactory armchairs. The spring-loaded suspension of one such chair, his Archie Bunker chair, as we will come to call all of them, seems to give out the moment he drives it off the lot at Levitt's. From that day forward, whenever he hears the Levitt's commercial jingle, you'll love it at Levitt's, Dad sings softly to himself, it's lousy at Levitt's. And yet the mechanical failure of any man-made good, be it toaster or transmission, confirms his hard-won knowledge of the universe and seems to put him at peace. It proves him right that relying on other people, to say nothing of their mechanical offspring, is foolhardy. The larger the failure, the greater the gratification, so that when the furnace finally blows, he can sigh and say what he always does, the joys of home ownership. Or when he is feeling especially philosophical, c'est la guie. None of us knows it is c'est la vie, least of all dad, who prior to flying to Paris for work will buy a book called French Made Simple. He'll never even open it, leaving it on our basement bookshelf for two decades while he wings it en français, developing his own versions of that and other languages. French made even simpler. When he tells us to eat in Italian, manja, it comes out as a kind of Chinese, manjai, manjai. In January of 1970, a 40-year-old man named Robert Goines inserts a few coins into the soda machine at his own filling station in Indianapolis. Then he presses a button and watches with growing fury as nothing at all happens. In previous years, by Goines' own estimate, that machine had taken $25 in nickels and dimes from him and his customers, and now, goddammit, he has had enough. So I walked over to the desk drawer, got out my twenty-two revolver, and shot it dead. Goins tells a judge after his arrest for discharging a weapon within the city limits. Upon firing the fatal bullet, his twenty-two still smoking in his hand, Goins says to the vending machine, That's the last time you're going to cheat anybody. The judge, unmoved, sentences Goins to 10 days in jail and finds him $160 plus court costs, a fine my father fervently wishes to be paid in nickels. Almost immediately, 
no fewer than eight lawyers come to the defendant's aid, helping him to file an appeal, presumably on the grounds that shooting a pop machine at the dawn of the 1970s is justifiable homicide. In the years to come, children will find other ways to get revenge. Slugs, the smooth circles of metal punched out of electrical boxes, sometimes work in the absence of coins. Friends become adept at sliding a hand up the chute and manipulating the machine's inner workings. They are soft-drink OBGYNs, expert at digitally extracting a mellow yellow or a Mr. Pib. In the 1970s, I will learn to remove the pull tab from a can of Coke and casually insert it into the beverage, hoping to swallow the one but not the other. It is as tough as any eight-year-old can hope to look without benefit of a candy cigarette or a souped-up stingray. But on this night in the late summer of 1969, I am not quite three and struggling to stay awake, freshly fed at a greasy spoon in the resort town of Wisconsin Dells. The Dells, as everyone in the...